Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. On today's episode, support for mental health and well-being for our employees. Now, it pains me to say that employees are reaching peak stress and exhaustion levels again. The constant change and constant uncertainty in the world around us doesn't leave us much room or time for restoration and proper recharging, whether we're talking about at work or at home. Our lives seem to somehow be playing at high speed these days, and there's not much we can do to slow them down. The rate of change is constant, and sometimes it can feel very overwhelming. And this is completely normal. Unfortunately, it's also become completely normal for us to feel compelled to swallow our feelings or feel embarrassed or even afraid to vocalize that we're feeling overwhelmed, unheard, uncertain, and any number of other emotions. Whether this perception is a symptom of how we were raised or a symptom of some childhood or even adulthood trauma related to a time when we tried to express these things, the sentiment that I'm going to express is is the same regardless, which is as humans, we're not really great at talking about our feelings. And I believe it's long past time for a change. In my career, it has not been very common for me to find myself in a work environment that actively promotes mental health and creates space for employees to have the conversations that we need to have. At Skooks, I am incredibly blessed because we are people first, truly people first. And what this means in relation to this topic is that we strive every day to create a highly inclusive and very supportive environment that affords all employees a sense of trust and belonging in hopes that they feel supported to have these kinds of conversations with us. Whether you're working in a corporate office and you're sitting behind a computer all day, or you're working on the front lines where you have direct nonstop interactions with customers, the challenge is the same. In the environments, uh, they can allow us some different elements which allow us to feel more equipped to suppress or to navigate some of these emotions. Um, but we've got to do better. We've got to do better. We have to find ways to help our employees understand the importance of mental health and well-being and create space for us to, to develop some new skills and some new ideas in the workplace. Now, these things have proven to be and will continue to be a recipe for disaster if we don't acknowledge the reality of the situation and commit to making some progress toward changing the environments for our employees. Burnout is real. Mental exhaustion and fatigue, also very 
real. These things can have such a catastrophic effect on our physical health, as well as our mental and emotional well-being. Our feelings uh, of stress and being overwhelmed and anxiety and all of the other emotions don't fit neatly into a box that we can just store on a shelf when we're at work, nor do they only impact us when we're at work or at home. They affect us as a person, no matter how skilled or um, expert level we believe ourselves to be in suppressing or ignoring the emotions. Uh, and I do have to say, for a long time, I was really vying for the gold medal in, in that. We have to help our employees and ourselves recognize that mental health is something that we should focus on as much as we do physical health. For too long, I think we've been beholden to the stigma that surrounds mental health. We've been told that therapy is a sign of weakness. It's that good old toxic masculinity uh, that comes forward. And we've also been taught that maybe seeking help or therapy or talking about our feelings is really only for situations that are extreme. Well, guess what? That's not true. Now, to be clear, I do acknowledge there is a fine line that we need to respect at work. So I'm not talking about opening the door to full-on therapy sessions in the workplace. What I am talking about is finding ways to help employees feel comfortable and confident in expressing some of these critical signals and emotions before they reach the point of meltdown or that boiling point where things just erupt. And we should find ways to, to be better prepared to surround our employees with the resources that are available and designed for self-help. Now, in prior episodes, I've talked about a lot of topics that are related, such as the importance of building trust in the workplace, improving self-awareness in the workplace, exploring vulnerability as part of our leadership skills, as well as just being a part of the employee experience, even ensuring that our training is built with empathy as, as a, a guiding force or principle. And all of these things are highly relevant to the topic of mental health and well-being. However, today's episode is laser focused on finding some ways that we can better equip and support the mental health and well being of our employees. There are no shortages of resources out there. Um, but I want to spotlight a few things in hopes that if you're not leveraging or if you're not aware of some of these things, that now you become aware. And if you are aware, Maybe this is uh, kind of a spark to inspire you to move to action if you've not been able to do that so far. So I'm going to start. Um, I've got five resources that I really want to highlight or five ideas that I want to highlight and bring forward as a starting point for the conversation. To start off, uh, one of the most common resources that we have access to as employees and employers is the EAP an employee assistance program. Now, most organizations have, have an EAP set up for their employees. However, a lot of employees may not even know what it is, how it works, or how to engage. Uh, it all starts with doing our part, first and foremost, to remove the stigma associated with mental health and with asking for help. 
consider possibly a periodic um, internal marketing campaign to help highlight the EAP and to reinforce trust that it's a safe space, that it is designed for your employees to, in, in confidence, to be able to express concerns or challenges and have a licensed professional help them navigate, um, whether it's through uh, therapy sessions or through guiding them to a, a provider that can help with very specific circumstances. We have to help employees really understand that it's all confidential. So your boss or the company are not going to have insight into how often you're reaching out to them and what you're talking to them about or what resources they might be sharing with you. Also, it is still mind-boggling that all the data shows that EAP usage continues to remain at or below 10%. This is not new. This has been this way for a long time. When pressed for more insight, employees often will cite the same reasons why they don't use the EAP program. First and foremost, it is uh, a fear of retaliation. Secondly, it is this, um, whether it's embarrassment or pride, it is this feeling that I should be strong enough to handle anything. And lastly, they cite that they're just not sure what it is, how it works, or even how to engage. So there's a lot we can do here just to bring forward something like an EAP that we probably already have available. Now, another phenomenal resource I want to highlight is mental health first aid training. Uh, you can consider building your own or maybe take advantage of an off-the-shelf program. I personally completed my mental health first aid training um, offered by mentalhealthfirstaid.org earlier this year. And it was a game changer. Uh, in 2022, there's now a lot of different ways you can experience the content. They have in-person sessions, they have fully virtual sessions, they have hybrid sessions. And in many states, the virtual sessions and the in-person sessions are completely free. They have them targeted for adults as well as for youth. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of just rich content that's available for the taking. Uh, just as we need first responders for physical crisis, we also need them for mental crisis. Uh, as I mentioned, I completed mine earlier this year and, and the amount of knowledge that I added to my own library was surprising. Um, the resources that I was provided as part of that training program have served as an invaluable resource almost on a daily basis since I completed the training. Um, I've been able to leverage the information in work context. I've been able to leverage it in personal context with friends and family as well, and even just um, being better equipped to move into action as a mental health first aid practitioner uh, allows me to assess my environment and uh, feel comfortable that I can I can jump into action and really help if I see anything. Now, one of the most critical principles they really drive home during the training is the importance of self care for the mental mental health first aid responder. So it's not just about equipping you to be able to help others. It also drives home this, this notion that you can't help others if you're buried, if you are too overwhelmed yourself. So it, it, you do need to put 
some energy into your own mental health and well-being alongside providing support for others. Um, in addition, I found several topics and concepts that I could wrap into my conversations with leaders and um, even kind of plug into some of our internal training programs to help them feel like they are well-equipped and better supported to identify signs of emotional or mental distress and uh, feel more supported in how they engage. Now, another idea or tip would be to find ways to build in opportunities for mindfulness exercises at work. These can be very small, they can be very complicated, but the, the guiding recommendation is to keep it simple. Whether we're talking about the start of a work shift, uh, at a lunch break or another break during the day or some other interval, providing some tools and support as well as a safe and protected space for employees to explore these things can be really transformative. And we're talking about mindfulness exercises. They can be super quick and really easy to work into our daily routines. Um, consider uh, talking about the importance of a two-minute breathing break. If you've got uh, a smartwatch, a lot of the smartwatches have now started to build in these pulses. My, my Apple Watch tells me every day three times a day, it's time for your mindfulness break and we just do some breathing. Uh, in addition, you could consider maybe a three minute reflection exercise and help your employees and your workforce understand the value and the benefit of just taking a breath and reflecting on your day up to this point and looking for those moments that we can celebrate, looking for the bright spots. Uh, they're there. You have bright spots in every day, no matter how great or how not so great the day feels, there are always things we can celebrate. And these reflection exercises are quick and easy, and they can go a long way toward changing your perspective and your outlook. In addition to these things, I think we also have an opportunity to teach our managers what it means to be vulnerable. Um, as I mentioned in the start of the episode, we really suck at expressing ourselves, our feelings, and at honoring when we need to seek help or seek out someone just to talk to. Managers are no exception to this. Uh, however, managers are in a unique position to be able to impact change in a positive way just by displaying some empathy and vulnerability. If we can lean into this and help our managers understand what it means to show and, and lead by example some of these ideas, we can go a long way toward reducing or hopefully someday eliminating the stigma associated with mental health and wellness. In addition, uh, consider providing your managers with some information on what it looks like to model healthy behaviors in the workplace. Things like focusing some training time on active listening, empathy and communication, or uh, just being a, a, a neutral party of support can move the needle in some big ways. The last idea or tip I want to bring forward is uh, as learning and development, we often have so many missed opportunities for plugging in and partnering with our HR counterparts. Uh, for this conversation specifically, we can plug into part of HR at our companies that are responsible for our benefit plans. It may be titled benefits, it may be titled total rewards. There's a lot of different 
ways that we we describe this function. But ultimately, I think you'll be able to find these individuals and seek them out for a partnership that is specifically expected to bring forward educational content that reinforces best practices for managing our mental health and our mental wellness, as well as our mental fitness. Uh, Just like working out in a gym is designed for your physical strength, working our mental muscles is a real thing. And we need to put some time and energy toward it to help us better manage and navigate our own mental health journeys. Your company's benefit providers have a wealth of information and often they're really super accommodating and very willing to volunteer or contribute to your educational efforts. All you have to do is ask. So consider engaging with your HR team and uh, kind of building a conversation to get to your benefit providers and ask them for educational content. Lay out for them what you would like to do, whether it's a recurring uh, drip of information that highlights key components of benefits or uh, maybe get deep into what is covered around mental health and pull forward resources that they have available. So it's not just you pointing them in a direction, but rather pointing them to a relationship they already have, which is with their benefit provider. Um, There are no shortage of resources to support this conversation. Um, I hope that I've been able to simplify some uh, of the, the massive amounts of information that are out there and point you in a direction to uh, help you get started or help you accelerate some of the efforts that you may have in your own organization today.